Uh, today we're going to go to session 37. So this is the law of one, session 37, re-listened version, showing notes and categories, received March 12, 1981. It's a short session, nine exchanges between Don and Ra, mainly focused on details of the Ra contact and how Ra is establishing this narrow band transmission and how Don's questions or focus influences um, uh, the nature of what they get, in, including how long they can get raw. And so that's why uh, raw didn't answer certain questions and also cautioned uh, Don sometimes in certain lines of questioning, particularly about the negatives and very uh, transient information. There's discussion, very important teacher, very important um, uh, material about higher self embedded in the middle of this session, uh, 37.6, and continues with the understanding of the three levels of self or spheres of self-awareness in the octave, mind-body-spirit complex, for us now 3D physical, and higher self or the beingness complex. Sixth density, late sixth density, and then the resource of higher self, the totality complex or totality being of seventh density as resource uh, for the programming of higher self for us, as well as guidance to higher self itself. And yet, these three levels of self or being or awareness is one being right now. It's not three beings in time, but one being uh, beyond time. Uh, it's basically the the eyes of the logos um, in you know the three eyes <laughs> the three different eyes of the logos or the three mind qualities of the single logos um, that experiences time and soul progression through densities so uh, and then finally in this session there's some discussion of Ra's term spiritual mass which is the only reference to that term in series I checked for that uh, and we'll explain that that's a kind of um, coalescing, coalescing influence uh, that is really the nature of, of how the spiritual path proceeds or how it is that we develop on either spiritual path positive or negative there's increasing spiritual mass and that's a, just another concept you can consider that. So 37-0, the greeting, for some reason the first was in brackets. Um, the greeting is, I am Ra. I greet you in the love and in the light of the one infinite creator. I communicate now. So I don't, you know, some people in the group may call Ra a he. When Ra, you know, he said, I never think of Ra as a he, but as a they. Um but they do use the pronoun I. So it's basically uh, a uh, unified individuality or an individualized unity of the group and then the higher aspects of the group uh, as souls in late sixth density uh, communicating um, from, from um, universal wisdom. You see... Uh, in a certain reply here, we're going to see something very subtle about 
raw the information that's coming through is not exactly a possession of the raw group either. So the first major exchange, 37.1, Don asks, is raw familiar with the results of our efforts today to publish the first book that we did? <clears throat> and so uh, session 37 is uh, somewhere in the middle of book two, and I guess by this time in March 1981, they had already shopped around the manuscript or tried to get a publisher or they already got one or they already published by self-publishing, I'm not sure. Uh, and Don is wanting to ask about that. And it's very interesting to see the interact, the, the dialogue here. 37.2, Don takes this question where he wanted to go with it. He says, I don't know if you can comment on the difficulty we will have in making the Law of One available to those who would require it and want it. It is not something, meaning the raw material, the Law of One teaching here, it is not something that is easy to disseminate to those who want it at this time. I am sure that there are many, especially the wanderers, who want this information, but we will have to do something else in order to get it into their hands in the way of dot 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 of added material, I am afraid. Is it possible for you to comment on this? Ra says it's possible. So Ra's answers are very terse. Yes, it's correct. They're familiar with the results of uh, the L&L group making efforts to have the book published. Yes, they can comment on this issue of um, basically the, the, the prospective publishers um, not liking the raw material as is and wanting to um, bring in more catchy and uh, interesting and... Uh, kind of sexy and racy uh, details of UFOs and this and that and the language to make it saleable. And so, <clears throat> 37.3, Don asks a short question, will you comment on it? And Ra gives a very long answer. 37.3, Ra says, we shall, firstly, the choosing of this group to do some work to serve others was of an intensive nature. Each present sacrificed much for no tangible result. Each may search its heart for the type of sacrifice, knowing that the material sacrifices are the least. The intensive commitment to blending into a harmonious group at the apex of sacrifice, meaning that's the highest sacrifice, was their intensive commitment to blending themselves into an harmonious group, which they were. Uh, and remain today even. <laughs> Under these circumstances, we found your vibration. We observed your vibration. It will not be seen often. Meaning they're the vibration of the group that Ra saw. We do not wish to puff up the pride, but we shall not chaffer, chaffer with the circumstances necessary for our particular contact. Thus, you have received, and we willingly undertake, the honored duty of continuing to offer transmissions of concepts which are, to the best of our abilities, precise in nature and grounded in the attempt to unify many of those things that concern you. Secondly, the use you make of these transmissions is completely at your discretion. We suggest the flowing of the natural intuitive senses and a minimum 
of the distortion towards concern. We are content, as we have said, to be able to aid in the evolution of one of your peoples. Whatever efforts you make cannot disappoint us, for that number already exceeds one. So they already help one person. Uh, the two-part answer here is very interesting. First, um, Ra wants to give them credit, and kudos, and props, or appreciation for the sacrifice they made. Much Each present sacrificed much for no tangible result. They didn't make a lot of money. They didn't become famous. They didn't be, uh, be they didn't catapult their living conditions in any way and um, there was really no great material gain but a heck of a lot of more work that came to them that they ended up throwing themselves into uh, there were many more sacrifices many many material sacrifices and emotional sacrifices and Ra is saying that the greatest sacrifice is not material meaning spending money or um, taking time even the greatest commit the greatest sacrifice was their intensive commitment to blending into a harmonious group together to maintain the contact uh, and that's true and Ra is saying that <clears throat> um, they found you know Ra had said earlier that they were scanning humanity something like that scanning humanity for a group that would be suitable to receive now <laughs> This is all very strange because uh, can't we say that Don and Carla were sixth density wanderers and Jim was a fifth density wanderer? Ra had alluded to something like that before. I talked about this also before. Two are from six, one is from five, and Carla and uh, Jim, or Carla and Don, had been sort of one from time, you know, from the timeless, uh, meaning. And, and that they had chosen to take to take on the polarized qualities one of love and one of mind um, Don mind Carla love uh, one being uh, mainly manifesting light the other man mainly manifesting love uh, in a general sense wouldn't Ra know before they were found that they came in from their group or from another confederation group. I mean, I think they're probably from the same group, Don and Carla, from Ra's group. Didn't they know? Didn't they, weren't they aware of the plan before incarnation? Maybe. <laughs> that Ra's not saying that they didn't know, but they're saying, we're looking for you, and we found you. That doesn't actually mean that they didn't know they were there before they were born. Or that they would be there before they were born, before they looked for them and found them. But um, these are certain strange things as to how much higher self lets itself know the future that might be considered infringement on the free will of those of us or humans or people in 3D space-time that um, shouldn't be influenced by someone who knows our future or should be very carefully influenced by one who knows our future perfectly, or should be very carefully treated by anyone who has, uh, who's outside time. So it's very uh, subtle here. But <clears throat> Ra said that uh, we don't want to puff up your pride. They say we shall not chaffer with the circumstances necessary for our particular contact. 
the circumstances necessary were basically associated with the great degree of harmony of this group and their pure, quite pure desire to uh, offer themselves as messengers of the law of one. Carla, Jim, Don, all very much, truly, till today, you know, and um, they really um, powerfully served tens of thousands or served humanity and the planet uh, and then uh, were major influences in the evolution of, I don't know, 100,000 people, uh, 300,000, 500,000 people because of uh, the raw books and everybody else who's been working with it, you know, for the last uh, 30 years. So um, this word chaffer is a funny, strange word. It comes from Middle English, uh, chafar, chafar, which means cheap fare, from chep and faru and faron. Chep faron means cheap travel, <laughs> like discount travel. And so chafar, chep fare, cheap fare, chaffer, um, is means to haggle, to bargain and to chatter, and to talk idly, or use words in a kind of careless way. <laughs> so, they're saying, we shall not waste our time talking about circumstances necessary for the raw contact, this one particular contact. Uh, you understand that you meet the requirements, uh, and thus uh, you receive what we can offer. You uh, are qualified, and rise as, as a group willingly happily takes you know undertakes and accepts the honor duty right it's an honor for whatever that's worth <laughs> and it's a duty entailing work and effort to continue offering their transmissions of concepts and that's what they're doing it's a transmission of concepts concepts are not reality concepts are samskara are fashionings fabrications conditional compounds of thought form, of opinion, of um, a mental clothing in thought form of a reality that really is beyond thought form. Yet, um, we may use illusion to dispel illusion. So, Hindu view is mind is the slayer, slayer or killer of the real. Mind is the slayer of the real, and mind is the revealer. <clears throat> so, uh, the five skandhas and fourth skanda samskara, conditional fabrications, conceptualizations, fashionings and fabrications, uh, is concept. All conceptual. Our overlay, naming activity. And um, that's what Ra's offering. And yet we may use those hollow, empty forms of thought form concept uh, fashionings to see reality more clearly and to get beyond illusion and um, develop fully, more fully. And so what they're offering are concepts that are precise in nature. So precision is important for them, obviously. This is why it's narrow band. And also grounded in an attempt to unify many of the things that concern you. So 
uh, they're speaking factually. In fact, they're speaking uh, super factually, <laughs> precise, you know, highly factually, um, owing to their commitment to precision. And also, um, speaking that which is beneficial and relevant, um, these are uh, uh, foundations of right speech from Buddhism. Um, it should be factual, true and factual. It should be beneficial and relevant. It should be spoken at the right time, kindly, affectionately, with the, the mind, uh, you know, uh, seeking to bring something useful to the person you're speaking to. And um, so precision is factuality in a, to a high degree, but this grounded in the attempt to unify many things that concern you is that these teachings are unif unific unificatory, unificatory, unifying. They bring us to um, help to, to help us unify our own concepts, to integrate and then unify our view, to bring you know to help to to help us create and establish to reform a more precise and accurate unified view of reality, of self, of mind, of path, of goal, of creation, of the laws of purpose, the paths, the realms, the dimensions, you know, all of these key principles, karma, meditation, higher self, adept work, healing and balance, these are key, key principle areas or areas of spiritual principles um, <clears throat> that will allow us to unify our understanding. So we end up with a unified, you know, view or an increasingly integrated, um, uh, systematic, comprehensive view uh, of uh, the essentials of life and path and creation. And these are path-oriented teachings, very much like Gautama's teachings. Not like Heraclitus so much, but a little bit. Heraclitus focused on wisdom, Gautama focused really on um, the linkage between virtue and concentration, meditation practices leading to higher wisdom. Anyway, um, this quote 37, this response 37.3 uh, is very um, revealing as to the mind of Ra, the nature of their, their fundamental purposes in making contact. And then Ra says, of course, in line with free will, what you do with these transmissions is completely at your discretion. It's completely your decision. And they're suggesting allow the natural flow, allow the flow of the natural intuition. You know, just flow with your intuition, baby. And um, don't, don't be upset. You know, minimum of distortion towards concern. Don't be concerned. So, I mean, me too, right? I don't do any promotion whatsoever. And, um, you know, if I remain uh, second to the obscure or uh, a companion of Heraclitus the obscure, that's just fine, actually. And so, um, no need for concern in terms of helping people. Learn, know, walk in balance, um, unify, uh, be at peace and be in peace with a greater vision. 
um, and then service to others will come naturally. If you do what you want or what you believe in, you know, if you've made yourself right in, in virtue and wisdom or truth, you know, wisdom and compassion, uh, virtue and honesty, and ever seeking to grow and learn, um, service to others will come naturally by basically you following your own way of whatever you want to do. You naturally won't want to be troublemaking because you don't want trouble for yourself. So Ross says, whatever efforts you make cannot disappoint us. The number of, that you've served already exceeds one. <laughs> they already helped one person, so it's already done because one is all. 37.4. Another long exchange, Don says, I have been very hesitant to ask certain questions for fear that they would be regarded as I regard them as questions of unimportance or too great a specificity and thereby reduce our contact with you. In order to disseminate some of the information that I consider to be of extreme importance, that is, the non-transient type of information, information having to do with evolution of mind, body, and spirit, it seems almost necessary in our society to include information that is of little value simply because that's how our society works and how the system of distribution appraises that which is offered for distribution. Could you comment, will you comment on this problem that I have? So he's really, the problem here is, uh, you know, human commercial culture, the uh, devil, devilish publishers of planet Earth, um, uh, would like <clears throat> um, appraise information by its commercial value, uh, serving mammon and the beast of, of matter, uh, human publishing <clears throat> and information dissemination values that information that they can make money from. And therefore, uh, for most people, they seek, you know, most people are not looking for, uh, you know, abstruse uh, spiritual philosophy. They would like something interesting, not too difficult to read, um, something that is relevant, uh, something that might be a little exciting and kind of cool. Wow. A little bit sensational, maybe. Um, and that's, you know, that's kind of normative now. It's probably been that way all along. Uh, and so Don knows that, you know, I want to talk about information related to evolution of mind-body-spirit. Uh, and I know that we don't want to reduce our contact with you or, or harm the contact by focusing on transient information. Yet, uh, if we're trying to make this available to, uh, to a broader audience, the publisher, <laughs> which is not what he said here, but I assume, uh, the publisher says uh, that information is not saleable. So uh, rework it, man. And, uh, you know, <laughs> that's not possible exactly because it's Ra's teaching, not, not Don's uh, crafting. Ra's answer to all that is, we comment as follows, it is quite precisely correct that the level and purity of this contact is dependent upon the level and purity of information sought. Thusly, the continued requests for specific information from this particular source is deleterious to the substance of your purpose, meaning uh, to your purpose. Moreover, as we scanned your mind to grasp your situation as regards the type script of some of our words, we found that you have been criticized 
for the type of language construction used to convey data, meaning their languaging. Due to our orientation with regard to data, even the most specifically answered question would be worded by our group in such a way as to maximize the accuracy of the nuances of the answer. This, however, mitigates against what your critic desires in the way of simple lucid, lucid prose. More than this, we cannot say. <laughs> These are our observations of your situation. What you wish to do is completely your decision, and we remain at your service in whatever way we may be without breaking the way of confusion, the law of free will. Now, <clears throat> more uh, deep principles or deep, deep information here. Uh, number one, Yes, indeed, uh, the level and purity of the contact with Ra and the particular quality or frequency or tone of the information or data coming through depends on the level and purity of what they're asking, of the information sought. So if you're asking, uh, tell me about you know, the secret doings of uh, you know, evil humans, uh, they will lose the, raw, the contact with Ra. Now, um, raw actually, the, 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 the little point that I wanted to bring that I, I referenced before was the second sentence here. The continued request for specific information from this particular source is deleterious to the substance of your purpose. This particular source you can say is raw, but you can actually say it's not raw that Ra is communicating from a source of information uh, that they have access to. It's not their personality, it's not them that is the ultimate source of this information. The ultimate source is um, a body of um, conceptual, uh, conceptual definition uh, that approximate um, universal principles that they have access to. I don't think this is, we're saying that Ra is channeling someone else, but Ra has access to information. That's this particular source. And if you want to keep um, getting the contact or transmission from that source, from that data source, meaning that, you know, the, the, the field of knowable things, the, uh, what is it, maybe a seventh density field? Maybe six, I don't know. I don't think they really have concepts in seven. But um, if if Don and L and L want Ra to continue to provide the same kind of high level information, which means you know, essential principles of evolution in the octave and the nature of the octave and creation as a whole. If Ra if, if Don and L and L want that to continue that means that Ra will have to maintain access, access, access to that information. Now, this is a, we can't get into it, but, you know, the, the, the wisdom that you speak, is it yours? Is it a possession of your mind? Or is your mind, like a radio, tuned to the frequency uh, where that information is available? So I think that this is pointing to Ra's access to a certain body of um, knowing that can be put into these concepts, that access is jeopardized by Don and L&L &L, uh, requesting 
uh, information of a lower level and lower purity. Purity in this sense um, means uh, universality, impersonality, um, uh, radical objectivity, uh, non-interpretive, <laughs> non-opinionated um, concepts that pertain to absolute truth as much as they can be explained, as much as it can be uh, expressed in concept. And so, um, if you what you see with Ra's answer at 37.4 here is that they basically spell out what they see, and then they reiterate, it's your free will. Then <laughs> this is a very, very hands-off, uh, very, very serious commitment to non-infringement type of teaching style. They're basically saying, this is true, and this is true, and this is true, and the rest is up to you. <laughs> Just like Gautama said, if you want, you know, well-being and um, happiness and uh, good fortune or complete and perfect enlightenment, this is the way. If you go the opposite way, this is what you'll get. Uh, the rest is up to you. <laughs> Have a good time. Do your own thing. This is the law. If you want that goal, this is the. these are the steps needed to get there. If you take steps contrary to this, that is what you, you know, this other thing over there is what you're going to end up with. That's it. The rest is up to you. And so <clears throat> they understand uh, Don's predicament. Uh, they're saying even if you did uh, try to uh, focus your questions with simpler language or something, specifically, uh, you know, <clears throat> uh, whatever, whatever type of um, question you're asking, no matter what you're asking, our answers <laughs> are going to maximize accuracy of nuances in the answer. So maximized nuance accuracy, maximized accuracy of nuances. That's pretty subtle. Uh, and that's, you know, people ask me, why do you think this is a great contact? Why do you put the raw material above Bushar or something like that? <clears throat> uh, well, you know, look at the intelligence in the formulation of these concepts and these responses. Is this not a high intelligence? Clearly it is. Is it not maximally committed to non-infringement and preservation of each one's choice and freedom to choose freely? Absolutely it is. Is it not committed, centered, repeatedly, and never deviating from <clears throat> appreciation of uh, boundless benevolence and goodness and, and the nature of love as the nature of light, the, the fundamental basis of creation as love, which means goodness, which means ahimsa, which means not infringing on anyone ever at all. I mean, their commitment to virtue and morality is, is unparalleled. They don't even tell Don what to do. They just say, if you go this way, if you want our contact to continue, <clears throat> you, you can't be asking questions um, that, that go into lower realms uh, with less universality and who, whose focus is, is highly valuing uh, transient information of any sort, actually. 
And so if you do that, you'll lose it. You'll lose us. And um, that's fine. You can go right ahead. We're not going to tell you what to do. Um, and so more than this, we cannot say. These are our observations of your situation. What they say is their observations. The teacher speaks what he sees and the way. This is what I see. This is how I see it caused. If you seek uh, that, this is the way I, I see you need to go. If you go the other way, this is what I see you're going to get. Choose well. That's all. That's a very clean respect. So, I mean, the basis of positivity is non-infringement or ahimsa or respect for radical free will. Radical respect for, for maximal free will. That's why Ra only answers questions. They don't go off into monologues like Seth, and they don't go off into cutesy talk like Sedona Journal of Emergence types channels. Oh, my dear ones, you're so beloved. So, <clears throat> you know, meanwhile, there's no proof of anything. This is These are just observations. <laughs> so, uh, it's a very serious statement, and Ra is basically saying, you know, your critic desires simple lucid prose. We simply can't do it. <laughs> If you want us, we have to just be true to uh, the, our commitment to precision and non-infringement and uh, accuracy and, and what we see as proper weighting or valuing of, of, of information, principles over specifics, uh, and the rest is up to you. Choose well. That's it. They don't even say choose well. They just say, what you wish is completely your decision. We remain at your service. Now, that's maximal respect for free will. And um, it's a head and shoulders above other human channelings, the majority of which are not even channeling, actually. Uh, Don has a long question, 37.5, which is really not necessary to, add, to read because he's really saying, uh, shouldn't we add material about UFOs? Um, I think that would be more understandable and accessible to the population who will read it. Um, it amplifies and clarifies what we're saying. Could you comment on my second idea of doing a general book on UFOs, including material from the Law of One? Uh, meaning, you know, he wants to, you know, the publisher would probably encourage this, like, well, do a book on UFOs. That'll bring them in, and then they'll want to buy a second book. But it doesn't matter. They don't read it. They like the first book with UFOs, right? And so, you know, <laughs> the dirt eaters uh, gave him counsel. Ra's answer, <clears throat> we shall comment. We hope that your raw plans materialize. This is a cosmic joke with uh, no humor to it, as far as I can see. You are asking for such an example of humor, and we feel this is a rather appropriate nexus in which one may be inserted. Continue with your intentions to the best of your natures and abilities. What more can be done, my friends? And so, uh, you can just see, um, Ra has no sense of humor, as far as I can tell, as far as my standards of humor, personally. Uh, we hope your Ra plans materialize. Now, maybe that's European humor, but uh, maybe it can be considered dry, but I think it's, uh, it's non-existent. It's dry to the point of uh, dissolution into air. It's a cosmic joke, meaning, you know, they're, they're trying to 
it just shows you how innocent they are, you know? If they think that that's a joke, they must be super, super innocent. Uh, we hope your raw plans materialize. What is the joke? We, you know, you, we hope you have, you know, you have plans to publish books. We hope they manifest or come to fruition in the material world from, you know, the world of idea and thought and planning. That's a materialization and uh, a coming to be. Ha ha ha. <laughs> There's no ha ha for me. Uh, and I'm not being critical, but I'm just saying my observation is that um, they have no sense of humor whatsoever. And it's pretty weird. <laughs> and it just shows you. Uh, somebody just wrote here, is it a cosmic joke because there is no material? Um, yeah, maybe so. Maybe you're, you're more clear than I am. So we hope they materialize. While Ross said you're not living in a material universe. So the irony is... We hope that they manifest, yes, we hope that they manifest, which could be called materializing, yet there is no material world, or Ross said you're not living in a material universe, you are dancing thoughts. Um, yeah, but that probably is where they're coming from, you know, but, but it doesn't, I, it doesn't, um, doesn't tickle my belly, um, it doesn't seem funny. But on the other hand, uh, what we think is funny may be the result of us being very distorted. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, well, some people think it's funny. To me, it's it's uh, it's droll, but it's um, you know, it it's like, wow, you're from the Boondocks, aren't you? So, uh, anyway, that's their that's their joke, and um, maybe you think it's funny, but uh, they're beloved nonetheless. Uh, and, and again, what they repeat is continue with your intentions to the best of your natures and your abilities, right? Take good care of yourself, you know, have a good day, be well, I wish you all the best, uh, I hope you continue your way. Many people send me emails and say this and that, and I really feel I have nothing to say. So I just say, well, thank you for your message, and glad you're enjoying the channel, and, uh, have a good time, and hope that this helps, or I answer a little question, and... Have a good have a good day and uh, take good care of yourself. Goodbye. <clears throat> uh, because you know, uh, it's uh, each each man and woman for himself and herself. You're on your own here, actually. Um, and uh, we wish you all the best. And so, we move out of that <laughs> to a little bit more um, cosmic metaphysical principle. Information 37.6, John says, in that case, <laughs> in that case, meaning, <clears throat> since you just told us that we should continue and figure out what to do, we'll figure it out later. In that case, we'll go ahead with the questions we have here, continuing the last session. You said that each third density entity has a higher self in the sixth density, which is moving to the mind-body-spirit complex, meaning in third density, of the entity as needed. Does this higher self also evolve in growth? through the densities, beginning with the first density? Uh, and does each higher self have a corresponding higher self advanced in densities beyond it? You can see that Don didn't fully pick up the teaching on the seventh density totality complex resource for higher self from last session, uh, but that's fine because it gives us a second pass at it. Uh, but it's a very interesting question, actually. What we call higher self is it some guy 
who evolved ahead of us in time space and now is sitting in sixth density and emanates our mind body spirit complex fields with consciousness uh with its guidance for our evolution kind of like in tibetan buddhism is the notion of emanation body that great lamas great yogis uh can create thought form bodies out of their body out of their mind their mind they're they're called mind created bodies and um it's very real it's a city and uh, you know fully enlightened beings can do it and uh, magical workers very few can do it and uh it's akin to what higher self is doing perhaps um manifesting or emanating projecting transmitting then managing guiding helping the um projected mind body spirit complex in lower dimensions so what about higher self and its own evolution before and after Ross said to simplify this concept is our intent and they do simplify well here they say the higher self is a manifestation given to the late sixth density mind body spirit complex as a gift from its future selfness all right the mid seventh density's last action before turning before turning towards the allness of the creator and gaining spiritual mass is to give this resource to the sixth density self moving as you measure time in the stream of time this self higher self the mind body spirit complex of late sixth density sometimes called mind body spirit beingness complex the mind body spirit complex of late sixth density higher self has then the honor duty of using both the experiences of its total living bank or memory of experienced thoughts and actions and using the resource of the mind body spirit complex totality left behind as a type of infinitely complex thought form in this way you may say your you may see yourself your higher self or oversoul that's from Seth's language and your mind body spirit complex totality as three points in a circle the only distinction is that of your time space continuum all are the same being and so this is not an easy answer to unpack number 1 these are the three levels of selfhood in the octave the mind body spirit complex that um you know evolves from third density to higher self our current self now then there's higher self or oversoul in late sixth density and then there's seventh density mind body spirit complex totality infinity infinitely complex thought form shifting as the sands of time or sands of the ganges um the infinite mind resource for higher self and seventh density now it but those are those three positions or spheres of awareness and power are really one being um with three uh, with three foci now the uh higher self as a manifestation given to late sixth density mind body spirit complex as a gift from its future seventh selfness the gift from its future selfness is the mid seventh density entities last action before turning towards the allness of the creator and gaining spiritual mass now what you can imagine in in time time sequence is a uh, long 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 ago 
what the beingness, um, the the totality. Uh, well, let's just say, long long ago, in a galaxy far far away, uh, but actually this one, um, some super yogi, <laughs> what we would call a super yogi, got himself into seventh density, and before um, becoming infinitude becoming totality infinitude or totality of infinitude um, it manifests this gift this gift or manifestation before its plunge into uh, infinitude meaning turning towards the allness of the creator gaining spiritual mass moving out of the octave going into eighth density before it did that its last action was to give this resource to itself or to establish this resource in late sixth density. You can't say it's giving it to another guy because it's not that there's some other being in sixth density that it's giving something to. It's establishing a mirror or a reflective um, point of light in late sixth density, which is itself. It's giving. Um, a this resource or gift which is which is what we call higher self it gives it to itself or it manifests it or emanates it into late sixth density you can call it a gift to itself you can also call it an emanation of itself as an apparently separate or apparently distinct it's not really separate but it's clearly apparently distinct beingness in late sixth density apparently distinct from its totality beingness in late seventh density about to uh, check out and so it manifests that now interestingly Ra said that the higher self is a sub sub logos the sun as a sub logos the galactic center or galactic creator as a logos sun solar and higher self sub sub logos now why isn't the seventh density self called a sub sub logos I think that um, the seventh density totality complex is not a guy it's it doesn't have selfhood anymore <laughs> it's not really a self it's a resource for the uh, logoic self that um, is higher self so it's a little weird but uh, the higher self late sixth density is we can say an emanation or projection from this super yogi in seventh density who was about to check out and really did check out, you know, he just left something behind in seventh density too, for, six, for the sixth density higher self that it projected. Now, if you can catch all that, you have some sense of um, how it is that higher self came to be. As to how that higher self is a sub sub logos, while the seventh density totality guy yogi super yogi about to leave how he's not that's not considered sub sub logos why um i would think that there's a certain kind of um there's a certain kind of um personality to the higher self that doesn't exist in the seventh density totality and ross says it's a resource it's an infinitely complex thought form it's not a it's it doesn't have subjectivity it's beyond subjectivity and so it doesn't have, you know, it's not a divine personality. It's, it's a divine, infinitely complex thought form. Anyway, that explains it pretty well, I think. So, mind-body-spirit complex of late sixth density or higher self, then, 
has its own honor duty uh, for its own evolution of using two things. One, the experiences of its total living bank or memory of experience, thoughts, and actions, which seems to indicate that, you know, the, um, that, that it has had its own path of evolution. You know, does, does, does the seventh density totality complex invest um, another guy who got to sixth density? Or does it project that entity in seventh density, from seventh density to the oversoul position of six as a projection of itself? That's what it seems to be. Um, that sixth density oversoul does, however, have access to what's wrong called the experience of its total living bank or memory of experience, thoughts, and actions. I assume of the seventh density totality beings um, course of evolution up through seventh density. So the higher self has access to itself, right? It's it's it, it the seventh density totality being is is no different than the sixth density higher self. In fact, it's the source of that gift, or it is the future selfness. <laughs> it is the emanation source of higher self it seems so then higher self being simply a manifestation of the super yogi in seventh density or the totality complex is him too is it too it's no no other guy and so it has access to the experiences of experiences of its total living bank or memory of experience thoughts and actions i think it means its course of its experiential course of evolution up through to seventh density and also, then, the resource of mind-body-spirit complex totality, the seventh density shell, or the, the infinitely complex thought form that, um, you know, is the, is the standing field echo, the echo shadow pattern um, of the departing, of the departed, the dearly departed seventh density um, ancient yogi who is now a guardian, who has left the octave. So that's fun. Uh, the point is that we, uh, as evolving mind by spirit complex, now as a wanderer, it gets more complex because um, we're not really mind body spirit complex, or we are, but um, we may uh, be more directly manifesting from oversoul than uh, 3D natives, who uh, you know, have a different course of evolution. But you can see that the higher self is really a gift, projection, manifestation, emanation of the ancient yogi in seventh entity, who basically was one step away from infinitude, uh, giving this to himself <laughs> for all creation, for the octave, as a, as a oversoul projection being this complex in sixth entity, that then has access to, obviously, its uh, the totality of its memory of all of its evolution up to 7th density, or the path up to itself in 6th density, of course, and then the this sort of, this sort of um, echo, shadow, um, manifestation of an infinitely complex thought form resource of 7th density, the ancient, you know, the dearly departed ancient yogi. So, but that's all one guy. That's all one being. 
Um, and so it's a case of um, uh, metaphysical projection from the seventh density to the sixth, and then from the sixth down into my vice complex evolving three up to six. So yourself, your higher self, your oversoul, and mind-body-spirit-complex totality, three points in a circle, or you can see it as one sphere with, um, uh, with, with three levels of circumference. There's the totality of it, which is known only fully by the seventh density, um, totality complex. There's a, a smaller, more contracted circumferential sphere or sphere of, of less, you know, smaller uh, breadth or, you know, of less volume as higher self, you know, the sixth density shell, and then there's the third, or my body sphere complex evolving three to six. But it's all, it's all one being, and we are, I am that. <laughs> I am that I am, you are that you are, uh, Tatvamasi. 37.7, does each entity, oh, we're, we will finish this, uh, we won't have much extra time here. 37.7, following up on this, does Don asks, does each entity have an individual mind-body-spirit complex totality, or do a number of entities share the same mind-body-spirit complex totality? So we're really talking about two steps down from the seventh density totality being um, down here on the ground, or is, as evolving mind-body-spirit complexes, do many of them perhaps have a single totality complex in play? Ross said, both of these statements are correct, meaning they can be correct or true, given the appropriate time-space conditions, the conditions uh, of those, the being, that being in evolution. Each entity, which I think means each person, can be said to, or each entity has its totality, and at the point at which a planetary entity becomes a social memory complex, the totality of this union of entities also has its oversoul and its social memory complex totality also as a resource. As always, the sum, and the, the, the L and L gloss here was raw meant whole. The whole, the sum as a whole, or the whole as sum, spiritually speaking, is greater than the sum of its parts, so that the oversoul of a social memory complex is not the oversoul, is not the sum, the, merely the addition, of the oversouls of its member entities, but operates upon the way of what we've called squares and what we grasp you prefer to call doubling or factorializing. So, yes, uh, an entity like Mind-Body-Spirit Complex at our level can be said to have an individual Mind-Body-Spirit Complex totality or oversoul, and also it may be that a number of entities share the same mind-body-spirit-complex totality. In the, case, um, in the case of an individual entity, each of us has its totality uh, and oversoul. Now, does that mean that not many do? I, uh, Ra didn't really answer that, because what Ra said in terms of many entities sharing a single oversoul or totality complex, Ra really talked about group evolution, collective evolution. Uh, in the case of um, groups, particularly at 4th and 5th 
that fourth and fifth, sixth density, but it really starts at fourth density mainly. The fourth density collective group, which we can call here a planetary entity, you know, it's basically the souls uh, of a fourth or fifth or sixth density, but beginning in fourth density planet, fourth density positive, or negative too, I think. Uh, in fourth density, positive or negative, groups form, social memory complex, um, metaphysical reality. At that point, the group, which Ra is calling a planetary entity, um, uh, forms uh, by the totality of the union of those people into social memory complex. That establishes an oversoul and uh, a totality complex also. So when the planetary entity or the collective group in fourth density, as an example, becomes a social memory complex and has a kind of unified consciousness, then the totality of this union of beings, um, mainly again starting at fourth density, establishes and also has, or I would say establishes, an oversoul or sixth density, um, sixth density beingness, and also that social memory complex has a totality a complex or thought form, infinite thought form as a resource for that oversoul. In all cases, metaphysically speaking, uh, the whole, the, the, the whole, the, the, the summation whole is greater than the mere addition of member or, uh, you know, individual parts constituting that whole. Um, there's a summation and this, uh, according to the law of squares, um, at the level of oversoul, you see, at the level of the totality complex, we're talking about infinite, <laughs> an infinite um, non-subjective thought form. There isn't, I believe, a kind of selfhood subjectivity in seventh density, while there is in sixth density at the level of oversoul or higher self. Um, that's why Ross saying that in terms of this application of the law of squares or the way of doubling, um, we're talking about at the oversoul level for the group of souls of the planet, let's say in fourth density, that's established itself as a social memory complex. That group, the peoples, the peoples of that group forming social memory complex, then forms oversoul and totality resource of seventh density. And that oversoul, particularly, um, is of a uh, doubled or uh, factorialized or a sort of a compounded, uh, increased nature beyond simply the, um, the, in, the simple addition of, of the oversouls of each of the members of the group. And so it operates upon the law of squares, and so that oversoul for the collective is even greater uh, than it would be if it was simply an, an addition of the oversouls of the individuals involved. So anyway, it's a pretty great thing, and so uh, planets have multiple levels of um, higher dimensional consciousness in play and then available for higher dimensional groups. Um, and then the final questions here, 37, 8, and 9. Don says, thank you. Thank you for that explanation of the mathematics, too. That was bothering me. Um, meaning, how is it that, that social memory complexes have an over... Do they have an oversoul? And 
the higher levels of social memory complex, what are they? Well, I explained, and then he asked the final major question, could you define spiritual mass? Ross said it's the final full, final last full question of the session, and this was in relation to the seventh density totality, thought form, infinite thought form, computer being, <laughs> um, or totality complex, gaining spiritual mass and ready to leave the octave. Ross said spiritual mass is that which begins to attract the outmoving and ongoing vibratory oscillations of beingness into the gravity into the gravity, speaking in a spiritual sense, the gravity well of the great central sun, core, or creator of the infinite universes. It's a simple answer. So spiritual mass is um, that which leads to uh, a, a it, it basically attracts um, <laughs> the higher self and above into what Ra's calling a gravity well or a black hole or a magnetic or attractive core uh, like a wormhole <laughs> like a, a hole in the fabric of, of space-time uh, attracts basically um, from the level of higher self and above because when I was saying attracting the outmoving and ongoing vibratory oscillations of beingness. <laughs> now that may be not sixth density, but seventh density. Uh, Ra has used the term beingness to relate to higher self or oversoul, but since uh, spiritual mass is what really was, it was used in reference to the seventh density, totality, maybe it only re relates to its attraction to go over to the octave or into eighth density, uh, or maybe it, it's in play at all levels of the dimension of the octave, you know, that leads us forward on evolution. That can be said. But I would say that it, it becomes dominant in the experience or the um, life stream or in the... Uh, <laughs> it becomes a dominant element or influence on the ongoing vibratory oscillations of beingness, which is the uh, seventh density totality uh, you know, formless yogi, the um, the rainbow, the rainbow yogi, the rainbow body yogi, the uh, translucent, the translucent, all dimensional yogi, um, uh, without a, without without mind, <laughs> the trans, the transmental, the um, the liberated, nearly fully liberated, seventh density, um, translucent yogi. Uh, can only be considered. We can, if you want to name him or her, that one. We will say that being is is itself ongoing vibratory oscillations of beingness. Um, because these ongoing uh, vibratory oscillations of beingness end um, with with the leap out of the octave. There's no more vibratory oscillation. And so I've said that the whole. You are not living in the material uni universe, you are dancing thoughts. Um, the sense of self, obviously, is a conceptual ploy. It's a conceptual game. It's a conceptual uh, a creation. Uh, but the one that, that creates concept, concept, or our true self, right? The me, the real, the real one here. What is the one here? Who is the speaker? 
Well, you can say God, you can say infinity, you can say nothingness, you can say shinyatai, you can say no one, you can say anything you want. But if we want to put it in terms of um, energetics or metaphysical, you know, energetics consciousness at the most subtle level, we can call the, the agent, the one that appears to evolve, uh, the, uh, uh, a manifestation of ongoing vibratory oscillations of beingness. Ongoing, outmoving, meaning um, evolving or, or in, in, in shift, in, in a flux, in a stream. The outmoving or streaming, ongoing and continuing, vibratory oscillations of beingness, vibratory restlessness, yes indeed, um, the ninth scan, the ninth ninth fetter, the ten fetters of Buddhism, restlessness. This this restlessness that that Gautama sees as born of ignorance, um, Ra can say is vibratory oscillations of beingness, not yet um, fully um, fully um, flattened out, <laughs> fully dissolved beyond the oscillation into the logos or out of the octave. But that's about what's going on, is um, there's a kind of magnetic attraction, there is the momentum, there is the slide, the natural momentum of the slide into infinity and infinitude, um, that is very much in play in 6th and 7th density, <clears throat> that attracts whatever we can call, but particularly in 7th density, the 7th density totality complex you know, if you want to name him, we can call him or or it um, outmoving and ongoing vibratory oscillations of beingness. That's my name, <laughs> he may say. <clears throat> and so that's a very, very fine, really, really fine, um, precisional use of concept to call the seventh density, um, you know, what I'm calling the, the rainbow, translucent rainbow yogi. Um, uh, vibratory oscillations of beingness. Anyway, um, that one then moves out of seventh density and goes into this gravity well, black hole, wormhole, uh, uh, final door. The final door here uh, goes into great central spiritual sun or um, the logos, the original logos, you know, the galactic. And um, um, goes back to intelligent infinity in a way. And that's the end of uh, evolution in the octave. 37.9, last question. Don says, since we don't want to tire the instrument, I'll just ask if there's anything we can do to make the instrument more comfortable or improve the contact. If there wasn't, he had done well. And Ra gives the closing benediction and says, I am Ra, all is well. We leave you now in the love and the light of the one infinite creator. Go forth then, Rejoicing in the power and the peace of the one infinite creator, Adonai. And that's session 37. Yes, you know, I lived some years on and off in monasteries and, you know, doing lots of meditation each day. Uh, one doesn't laugh much <clears throat> in that situation. And um, maybe that's the human striving, uh, different than um, their ease of accomplishment. And many um, higher spiritual teachers, not necessarily the highest, however, but many um, teachers at the level of higher self um, down here on the ground 
have a good sense of humor uh, without hurting anyone. Of course, there is humor that's not, um, you know, uh, attack or aggression for sure. Uh, but I do think that that one, when an entity um, gets out of all paradox mm -hmm. and all contradiction and all polarity, um, there isn't that much to to there isn't much of a basis for humor. Humor is a very strange thing. I think it's an important sign of spiritual evolution. People who are very um, very stuck and very material and um, unsophisticated often have no humor. Certain racial groups on Earth actually don't have much humor. They don't smile much, or they don't they don't play. They don't know what play is. So the ability to play and be at ease and see contradiction and see apparent paradox and um, be witty even or at least uh, clever in, in going from assumptions to what could become humor uh, is a sign of evolution. But I do think that at the higher level, the highest levels of the path, <clears throat> somebody, you know, guys like Nityananda, Gautama, even Ramana Maharshi, they're not, they're not making jokes. That's just doesn't, that's just not, they're very well. <laughs> they're too well to be making jokes. But um, it is interesting, Ra's take on it. It didn't seem funny to me, and I didn't seem disappointed either. But it seems they're very innocent. <laughs> There's a certain purity or simplicity uh, of their mind uh, for them, in my view, for them to think that what they what they said was was anything like humor. So, it's not. I'm not being critical. I'm just saying, it, my observation is that <clears throat> when you when you're really beyond paradox and beyond illusion, beyond apparent contradiction, um, there isn't much basis for making what could be called humor. Next week, we go to session 38, and um, we've got 15 exchanges, and the um, <clears throat> focus is more about the raw contact, but not much. And then we get into the specifics of um, inspiration to humanity associated with the development of nuclear energy and industrial revolution, but particularly nuclear, and then some a very important question about balancing, 38.5, very important. What what does the perfectly balanced entity look like? What is balance? What is, how does real balance manifest in seven chakra conditions? Then, uh, long discussion of Charlie Hickson, a very famous UFO case. <clears throat> and finally, something about fourth density. Um, and that's also very interesting, you know, the future of uh, planetary, the future planetary civilization being fourth density positive can be understood uh, with a greater understanding of what fourth density is all about. So, um, thank you for being here. Some heavy talking. Uh, I appreciate the opportunity. I hope you're all well. Uh, take good care and see you next time. Okay, good night.